You're listening to Environmentally Speaking, a weekly podcast diving into legal matters surrounding the environment, public utilities, energy, zoning, and permitting laws in Rhode Island and the surrounding areas. With your host, Marissa Desitel. Welcome everyone to Environmentally Speaking. I am Marissa Desitel, an environmental attorney with a few decades of experience. Hey everybody, I'm Clarice. I am bringing you the questions and topics that you all requested or we randomly thought of. And today we're kind of moving away from environmental, but still in that land use field. And what are we talking about? Well, actually, it's a, I'm glad you just said that because the topic that we thought was relevant and timely actually does have to do with environmental. And that is a, a common misperception about this topic. What topic am I talking about? It's uh, commercial due diligence and um, with, a, with a slight offshoot also for residential title searches because those are the two residential commercial property transactions are are the two main areas for for property conveyance so there is a land use element because you're talking about property but it's actually an area that includes environmental law because a lot of the materials and documents that you uncover are environmental in nature which should we start with, residential or commercial? Um, I don't know. What makes you happy? <laughs> selfishly, I want to say, <laughs> selfishly, I want to start with residential because my neighbor and I just discovered we have a shared tree right on the property line. No kidding. So we can't decide what to do with it. <laughs> so I'd like to start residential, but. That's because I'm being selfish. No, no, no. But what's the deal with the tree? Are you thinking of cutting it down or sharing a swing set on it? We would like to not cut it down. Yes. They would like to chop it down because they think it might tip over at some point. Why are people always cutting trees down? Can I don't we just know. Before we get started here, public service announcement. Stop with the cutting of the trees, everybody. We need the trees. <laughs> They provide soil stabilization. They're part of the ecosystem. Just stop, okay? It's not gonna fall on your house. And if it does, you deal with it. But continuing to cut trees down makes me mental. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I just think it's a pretty tree. I just love our tree. <laughs> yeah, Ugh, it makes me nuts. Okay, so uh, residential title searches, residential property transactions, I think um, a good place to start because it's where people have more experience and it's a little easier to understand. So if you've ever bought or sold a home, you know that as part of that transaction, you have to pay some hefty costs to both the attorney and to your lender. Why is that? Well, because if you're, if you're, borrowing money from a traditional lending institution, the lending institution wants to make sure that their liability as it relates to the asset, to the house, is non-existent. And they're not going to give you money if there's a problem with, with the asset, basically. So in order to track that information and, and ensure 
that liability is dealt with appropriately, there is a whole industry called land evidence records title examination. Attorneys sometimes do the title examination or they hire a subcontractor to do the title examinations. And if you ever go to your municipal, if you're in Rhode Island, your municipal town hall and tax assessors, town clerk's office, there's a dedicated room that you walk into and it's just, the walls are lined and with stacks of land evidence records, land evidence books, plat maps. I mean, it's a, it's a ton of information that a lot of people just don't even know exists. Like, did you know that exists? I have no idea, but now that I do know it exists, I'm wondering how long before Oxygen makes this their next crime special, like the land (laughs) evidence TV show. It's going to be a thing. They're running out of ideas. Oh, that's funny. I just had a whole bunch of images in my head of what that would look like. Anyway, so yeah. um, Okay, so you go into this room and it's just full of information and maps and what do you do? And books. I mean, the books are kind of like the size of a legal pad. I'm holding up a legal pad. I don't know why no one can hear me holding up a legal pad, but they're the size of either um, high school book or a legal pad sometimes. And they're just bound books that contain copies of all of the materials and documents related to real property transactions. The materials and documents themselves are deeds, um, mortgage releases, mortgage deeds, or, or what the, the bank has you record when you take a mortgage out with them, um, and more problematic documents like uh, tax liens, um, mechanics liens, documents that create liability because there's some kind of claim to the value of the asset. And so a lending institution wants someone an industry professional to go through all of the documents to a certain time in history, uh, let's say 30 years in Rhode Island, and put together a a land evidence title examination report that tells the lending institution, hey, there's an issue here. You've got a, a tax lien on the property that needs to get discharged before you can convey the property. Um, there's a mechanics lien because a contractor did some work on this house and never got paid. And so they're making a claim on the asset that needs to be discharged before the, or before the property can be conveyed or at the closing table, a check needs to be cut or the liability needs to be addressed in some manner that the lending institution finds satisfactory. So does evidence get added to this room anytime any sort of action happens on a property or does it only happen when there's a change? So if I bought one square acre and then the person after me bought that exact same square acre, both times that gets recorded, it doesn't have to be just a change. Okay. Yeah, so that type of transaction would require a deed that the buyer and the seller both execute, it's notarized, and then it gets recorded. Someone physically brings it to the clerk's office. They scan it, they, they stamp it with a, um, the date and then a book and a page, which correlates to the, the book that it's going to be bound in. So you can go and look it up by book and page. And, and that's it. I mean, that's your, that's your conveyance 
evidence and it gets put in the book and you know it, it gets the longer time goes on obviously the more book and pages we have so you want to make sure that your your deed is recorded as quickly as possible before someone else can come in and record something before you so it's a pretty interesting area of law because some of it is electronic in the sense that the clerk's office is now scanning documents, but it's also pretty old school because um, in a lot of instances, you have to physically go to town hall to look up some of the documents. A lot of municipalities are online now, so you can do a land evidence record search from your computer, but depending on the municipality and the age, how far back you're looking, you, you have to physically go and look through these dusty old books. So other than making sure that the property you're about to buy doesn't have any financial secrets in the sense that it owes somebody some sort of money in any way, you talked a little bit about how it connects to uh, how it connects to the environment. What, tell me more about that connection. In the residential setting, I'll take, for example, the Rhode Island Department of Environmental Management. If you've got wetlands on your property or a septic system on your property and the department finds that fines with a D that you have violated state law or regulation related to your septic system or wetlands, they can issue something called a notice of violation. And that notice of violation gets recorded in the land evidence records. So anyone doing a title examination for a particular property should and will uncover the recorded notice of violation for the property. So and could a bank, you be responsible for past owners' violations? Um, not for the, well, that's a complicated question. It depends. Um, oh, my favorite legal answer. Yeah. Generally speaking, you know, the department will chase a chain of ownership for certain violations, but it's completely dependent on the facts and the circumstances of the situation and the statute that you're dealing with. But, you know, generally speaking, if a, if a bank is lending money on a residential transaction and the bank sees through its title examination report that there's a notice of violation recorded for the property with a penalty assessed, they're going to make the current owner deal with that, rectify the situation, put money into an escrow account to deal with it. They're, they're going to require something to protect themselves. So that's where the environmental piece comes in. And a lot of these, a lot of times in my experience, you get a lending institution that just doesn't have a ton of um, background or experience with environmental programs. And so they see a notice of violation and just have no idea what the heck it is or how to deal with it. So that's, that's when we would get involved either through the <laughs> lending institution, getting in touch and saying, what do we do about this? Or a seller or a buyer having a title examination done and saying, what do we do about this? So let's shift over to commercial now. Well, I don't think we should. And let me tell oh. you why. We've talked for 15 minutes just about on residential and the commercial side is a lot more detailed. So I think we should save it for Got the it. next podcast. Another part two. We're making it. Oh yeah. Would this be our second part two? It would. Wow. We're in double digits in recordings. We've got two part twos. Oh guys, merch is coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay so come back next time and we'll be talking about commercial due diligence oh, what a cliffhanger all right everybody send in your questions comments additional topics your excitement for part two 
to help at Desitel ESQ and have a good one. Thank you for listening to this episode of Environmentally Speaking. If you're in need of an environmental attorney, we are here to help. Call us at 401-477-0023 or visit our website at www.desatellaw.com. That's www.desatellaw.com.